I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. Today, I have my friend Morgan Jackson, who is an IBCLC. And if you guys follow her over on Instagram, which I don't often say this, but pause the podcast, go over there, follow my friend Morgan at prepared beginnings lactation. She has been a guest on my podcast before we actually have her entire newborn breastfeeding basics class inside of my newborn sleep course. We have collaborated so many times and I invited her for a special episode to come chat about her journey with her second son. She had a new baby just a few months ago. And as we all know, kid number one is not the same as kid number two or three or four or five and so on. So I was like, Morgan, we got to come talk. I want to know like the real, the raw, like what is going on between kid number one and kid number two, because you seem to be thriving. And I think if I remember correctly, that wasn't the case with number one. So she is sharing her insights and her story on breastfeeding a newborn round two and giving you some insights and some tips and strategies on how to enter into maybe your second or third or fourth or fifth go around with a new baby and your expectations for breastfeeding. Thank you for joining me, Morgan. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Before we get too deep into it though, would you take a second? You see, it's been over three years of this podcast, and I want to celebrate with some more good stories. If you would scroll down, if you're listening in the podcast app on your iPhone, scroll down. Would you just take a few seconds of your time and write a review? Let me know where you're listening and from what this podcast has meant to you. I would love to hear your story and hear your sleep wins. Cheers, you guys. Let's get into my conversation with Morgan. I kind of want to just go through a couple things. I want to obviously talk about things are different. I'm sure with a toddler and a newborn versus just a newborn, uh, with the number two. So you can walk us through that. Um, then we'll kind of maybe take people's questions if they have any newborn nursing questions, but really, first of all, hello, welcome. And tell us who you are. Yeah. Hi everyone. My name is Morgan Jackson and I'm a nurse and um, a board-certified lactation consultant in the Midwest. I'm in Kansas City, and I am a wife and a mom of two, and we have been transitioning to the two-kid life the past few months and just getting used to, um, you know, having a newborn in the home again and entertaining a preschooler and keeping him busy and still finding time for ourselves and rest and work and things like that. Yes. Well, I mean, you guys make the most beautiful children. I like love every time you share them. They are so precious. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And so you, did you just get back, go back to work? Yeah. So I went back to work at the hospital about three weeks ago and I started taking clients with my private practice about a month ago. And I've just been easing into that about one day a week. I see clients. Um, and then I'm scaling back my hours at the hospital so I can see more clients and just really finding a new rhythm and ways to make everything just feel a little bit more balanced. Yeah. It's a whole new, and your oldest one is how old again? He's three and a half. 
Um, and so he is busy and he's used to being entertained all day and (laughs) having lots of attention. Um, and so he is just like rocking the transition of being big brother and sharing mommy and daddy and things like that. Oh man. Okay. Let me ask you this quick question. What's your number one tip for keeping the older kid, I don't know, regression free or like, like sane or like, how is, how, what, what's like, what's been the best thing? Like for me, I said TV. That was like what kept me sane for a toddler and a newborn. What has been like the one thing you're like, oh my gosh, this has been so good when I have a newborn and a preschooler. Okay. So TV for sure has been our saving grace. I am so grateful for all of the streaming services. Disney plus is my best friend. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and also just kind of honing in on some of his favorite activities and making a big deal out of things that would have typically been part of our just every day and making it feel special and fresh and new. That's been a really awesome way to keep him engaged, but also to help him to feel seen and important and not lost in like the shuffle, um, mm-hmm. especially with COVID and the pandemic and everyone being at home so much, you know, in those early weeks or early months, we didn't really leave the house. And so it can just kind of feel like you're in this little lull and everything's about the baby. And we made playtime like really just a big deal. He loves Hot Wheels. And so we bought even more Hot Wheels. I think we probably have a little under a hundred. We have close to a hundred Hot Wheels. (laughs) Um, Do what you need to do. (laughs) I know. It's just kind of, you know, just making it special. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's okay to be a little excessive just because we're in a pandemic and there's a lot of transition with the new baby. And we just were like, you know what, if we're going to go a little overboard, now's the time to do it with. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Yes. Uh, okay. I could like keep just rattling on about all this stuff, but I know we came here to talk about nursing, so we'll get to breastfeeding now. Um, okay. So how has this new, um, let me back up there. Has it been different this time around your nursing experience with your first and your nursing experience with your second? Have these been different? Yeah. I mean, really the experiences have been like night and day and I wouldn't even say it's because I'm a lactation consultant. You know, the first time around I was, um, in maternal child health and I was teaching breastfeeding classes and working towards becoming an IBCLC, but I, I was not, and now I am. And so there's definitely a huge, you know, increase in my knowledge over the years, but things are different just because the babies are so different. Um, and I always tell moms the second time around, you know, a little bit more about what to expect. You can anticipate different changes and you, have a little bit more knowledge under your belt in terms of what's normal for your body and maybe what's a little different. But this time around, um, we had similar situations in the hospital where latching was off to a rough start. Um, I definitely am one of those moms that has a little bit of delay in their colostrum transitioning to more mature milk. And so needing to supplement in the early days those kinds of things were similar, but after we got past the first week, 
Oh my gosh, night and day. My first struggle to latch for almost two months. And this time around, we've been latching um, without problems. I think maybe after the first couple of weeks, we were just kind of off to a a better start. Um, my, My second is much more engaged in feedings and active at the breast. And he initiates feedings where my first was more sleepy and not always interested in the breast. And I did a lot of pumping with him and things like that. So um, we've just been enjoying more time at the breast this time around, which has been really nice. Um, I've enjoyed it so much. Milk supply this time around. I have um, much less of a milk supply. I overproduced excessively with my first, mainly due to pumping. Um, And so this time milk supply has been more regulated and um, that's been enjoyable for sure. Um, and so there's just lots of little differences there in terms of, um, just like how babies respond. My second has really been more of a snacker and just enjoyed being close and enjoyed baby wearing. And, you know, he might go to the breast for five minutes here and then 20 minutes there. And he's just kind of off and on throughout the day where my first was about business, who <laughs> had a feed. And a few hours later, he was ready again. He didn't do a lot of off and on or, you know, snacking throughout the day. I wonder if that will play out in personality. I know. You know I really, I really can't wait to see how that continues to develop because they mm-hmm. are certainly so different. Yeah. Well, I bet that gives a lot of moms listening just hope, right? Because if your first experience is one way, it doesn't mean just because it's same boobs, different kid, <laughs> different exactly. experience. Exactly. Definitely a difference. Yeah. And I mean, you're a different mom the second time around. You might have different breastfeeding goals than you did the first time, where a lot of times in the beginning with our first baby, you just want to latch. You're like, if I could just latch this kid. And Mm -hmm. I'll see how things go from there. But usually the goal is just trying to get them latched and get a milk supply established where with subsequent children, you might have a goal of reaching, you know, a year or 15 months or 18 months, or, you know, maybe even just pumping while you're at work with, with your first that felt very overwhelming and you weaned when you went back to work. And so things adjust and goals adjust with different kids and different situations. Um, you know, life just changes so much with my first, I was working full time and with my second, I'm working part-time. And so that makes a huge difference. Owning my own business and having more flexibility, it just adds a different layer to our journey. Um, And so not defining what happened with your first, like not letting that define that next breastfeeding journey, I think is a huge just reminder for moms. Even though you say that and you know that, did you still enter the second time being like, it's going to be this way, I know it, or is it going to be different? I feel like some people go into it, they're like, it's going to be different this time, I'm going to do better. I think I went into it a little guarded because mm-hmm. of um, just the the experience the first time around with trouble latching and pumping exclusively for a couple of months and just 
you know, all, using all the tools, the nipple shields and just all of those things. And so I definitely went into the experience a little guarded. I think that I also had a little pressure that I applied um, just with the fact that I am a lactation consultant. I, so I felt a little pressure to get it right always. Like every lash needs to be perfect and, you know, mm-hmm. needs to be gaining weight and things like that. And I had to work through, um, you know, some of that and just remind myself that I'm a mom too and I'm tired and I'm going through postpartum recovery as well and um, reach out to help. So I, I reached out to other lactation consultants because um, when you are in the thick of it, it's really hard to see sometimes solutions that might be obvious or simple or um, something I would have normally thought of. But when you're really tired or you just don't feel well, if you're in pain, um, I had postpartum preeclampsia. So I just really wasn't mm-hmm. in the mindset to troubleshoot for myself. And so reaching out to colleagues was a game changer. And it's always nice when you have a little, you know, pocket of resources available and you can just kind of reach in and, and grab what you need. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I will say it once and I will say it 10,000 times and more and forever on, but it is so good that we live in a time that you can get help you can get help. You don't have to do anything by yourself. You don't have to walk alone. Like you can get help. Yeah, exactly. Help's available. And what I love in the maternal child community is we all want to help each other. And it's really, um, you know, it just doesn't have to be as intimidating as we make it in our heads. Sometimes we convince ourselves that asking for help is harder than it is scarier than it is. We, you know, create some kind of dialogue within ourselves that we will be portrayed as weak or needy or emotional or whatever. And we talk ourselves out of asking for help when no one's going to think those things. And what I found when I reached out for help was that my colleagues were just excited. One, because they got to see me in the baby postpartum because I needed some lactation help. But two, because we could talk on a level um, of mutual understanding and kind of throw and toss ideas back and forth. And um, I think that other healthcare professionals enjoy that and they enjoy working with others in the field and being able to grow their knowledge base while helping each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we all have different experiences that land us to where we are. So I love that. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you about a free download we have available for you, newborn parents. I know the only thing you want is for someone to tell you a schedule. Someone tell me, when am I supposed to wake my newborn up? When are they supposed to go down for a nap? What time should bedtime be? And the hardest part is that there is no newborn schedule, but we have an incredible free download for you. I want you to head on over to the show notes below or littlezsleep.com slash newborn guide. And you are going to receive a free newborn daily schedule slash routine because that's really the word here. It's a newborn routine. We want you to be working through this daily routine that will help you avoid colic It will help you avoid the witching hour. It's going to create such a peace of mind for you. And this is completely free. 
You're going to print this out or screenshot it everywhere and put it and send it to anyone who's helping you with baby. This is going to be so helpful. So check out that free newborn guide in the show notes or head to littlezsleep.com slash newborn guide. Um, I'm going to ask if anyone has any questions specifically about newborns and breastfeeding, drop them here. I did ask our sleep society members. I was like, Hey, would you guys like Morgan to come do a full Q and a on not newborns and just anything breastfeeding? And they're like, yes. So I'll connect with you about that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I love the, the, the whole reason we wanted to focus on newborns was that education piece, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about like, you're going to have a, ba- a baby, you're going to breastfeed and you're going to be great at it. Bye. And it's right. like, no, that's not always the case. So someone asked, let me scroll up earlier. Someone said, um, how do you know if you need to supplement? Like at what point would I, would I know that? That's a really good question. And I think that A lot of um, families feel pressured to supplement or what we call sometimes topping off after a feeding because you just aren't sure. You, You don't know if your baby is getting enough. You don't know if you're producing enough. And if you've never breastfed before, that can be really hard to navigate. And so what I encourage parents to do is to understand the norms of normal, normal newborn feeding and behavior before you have a baby. So just doing a little bit of research beforehand can make a huge difference on the newborn phase and period. And so understanding those norms of what to expect in the first three days, the first week, the first month makes a huge difference, especially if you aren't sure if your baby's behavior is appropriate or not. And so when it comes to supplementing, it's a really good time to have a conversation with an IBCLC or your healthcare provider if you aren't sure if your baby is taking in what they should. Some of the biggest signs that babies, especially newborns, are getting enough is output and watching their diapers. In the early days, Babies tell us a lot through body language and output. And so when it comes to normal newborn output, babies typically will have a transition between meconium stools, which is that really thick, tarry, sticky poop that happens in the first couple of days after delivery. And then it becomes green and soft and squishy and then yellow. And it almost looks like it has mustard seeds. So if a baby doesn't have that normal transition of stools in the first five days, that's a big red flag that maybe they're not taking in enough. They're not having urine regularly in terms of like light yellow or clear urine output in their diapers um, several times a day, then that's also a red flag. Or if urine is red or orange in color, or if it even looks like it has crystals, then that's a, um, a time to reach out to your pediatrician right away and kind of get some information and a plan together on supplementation and where to go from there. Usually moms will think that they need to supplement because they just don't think they're making enough and that's just not the case. It might be that baby is cluster feeding because they're approaching a growth spurt 
or they are clustering because they just want to be close to mom and they're looking for some comfort. Um, other times, latches ineffective and babies aren't transferring milk very well. And so they seem fussy or um, unsatiated at their brace breast, but it's just because latches off a little bit and sometimes just a minor position change can really help with adequate transfer and to ensure that baby's getting enough without even needing to supplement. Gotcha. Okay. Let me ask you a follow-up question to that. So you mentioned like call your pediatrician right away. Let's say you do call the pediatrician. They're like, Oh, it's probably fine. It's probably normal. And you're kind of getting that feeling like, no, I don't think this is what would be that next step. If you start to feel like, Oh no, I think I want a second opinion. Can you call up then like, uh, would you recommend, okay, let's get in touch with a local IBCLC where we, where could we go from there? Yeah. So if you, if your mom gut is saying, nope, something is off, something's not right, then definitely take that next step. You don't have to just stay within the realm of your pediatrician. You can ask for a referral. You can find out who else is in your area and get in touch with your local lactation consultant association and get um, a second opinion. If it's a true feeling where you you know, something is just not right in your gut. You've got knots in your gut. You're looking at your baby thinking "Mm, they don't look good or they haven't had any output. Then um, urgent care and the emergency room are always appropriate if your baby is um, dehydrated and not having any output or they have um, blood in their diaper or orange stools, red urine, anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. All right. Some, some other questions we have here. Um, I'm going to kind of combine, um, Olga has two questions. I'll combine in one. First of all, Olga, so exciting. You're due on April 13th. So just a few days away. So exciting. Um, she's asking about, okay, should I maybe prepare to buy formula before the baby comes? so I can be prepared if I have to supplement and then what bottles would I need to prepare for that? So what's your take on, should you prepare for that before the baby comes? Okay. Okay. First off, how exciting. My nephew's birthday is April 13th. So I hope you have your baby on your due date. Um, (laughs) But that's a really good question. And I get that question a lot. If you plan to exclusively breastfeed, then um, I'm going to encourage you to trust your body and to trust your baby. That might seem scary to do. It might seem... um, like you aren't preparing, but really if you get in your mind that you're going to breastfeed and um, your baby's going to have the ability to breastfeed, then I want you to just hold off on buying formula. If you end up needing it, that's fine. It's available. It's always available. The hospital will send you home with formula. So don't feel like you're just going to be out without anything, but really just Give yourself the permission to trust in your ability to provide for your baby. I think that um, oftentimes we go into breastfeeding with the mindset that it's not going to work or we will fail or something is bound to go wrong. But just because there's lots of, you know, harder experiences with breastfeeding, that doesn't mean that will be your experience. And just because a lot of moms supplement doesn't mean you will need to supplement. There's certainly nothing wrong with supplementation um, when it's needed. But if it's not, what you might be doing is harming 
your own breastfeeding journey and sabotaging some, you know, milestones that could be happening without supplementation. Yeah, not stuff. Yeah. And so, like I said, formula is always there if you need it. And thank goodness for Target Pickup because you can order it and get it as soon as you need it. In terms of bottles, that's a little tricky. Every baby is really different and there's not a set bottle or a standard bottle that I usually um, refer parents to. It just depends on what's going on with the baby. I will say though, the best thing to do if you are bottle feeding is to want to use a slow flow nipple. So nipples usually have stages based on age. So use a slow flow or a newborn nipple. So that might be like a, um, a zero step nipple. And then also use the paste bottle feeding method. If you've never heard of that, I'm going to encourage you all to get on YouTube and look up paste bottle feeding. There's tons of information out there, but long story short is paste bottle feeding is a great way to help breastfed babies go back and forth between the breast and the bottle, but it also helps to decrease the chances of overfeeding. So that has benefits for their entire life. If babies, if babies learn to regulate their intake as infants, they're less likely to overeat as adults. And um, that also decreases the chance of developing obesity. Gotcha. So we've got a ton of other really good questions. Okay. I'll hit these um, together as well. Kayla says that um, how often should a newborn poop? And is that meconium a one-time poop? So every baby is different. Some babies poop right after delivery. Some it's, um, they have their first stool sometime within that first 24 hour period. And usually there's more than one meconium stool. It might, um, you might notice that the poop is thick and tarry for the first couple of days and then begins to transition after that. Gotcha. Okay. She also says, other than pain for mama, what are other signs to look for when it comes to identifying a latch issue? Mm-hmm. So outside of pain, which is one of the you know first indicators that latch might be a little off is infant behavior. Sometimes babies get to the breast and they are fussy and crying, or they're holding their hands up saying almost like a stop sign. Um, If you notice that after a feeding, your baby is immediately showing hunger cues and acting hungry, that's another sign that they probably had a shallow or inadequate latch. Okay. Next question says, what do you do about tongue tie and establishing successful latch when you can't see an ENT anytime soon? That, that just depends as well. So there's different ways to, you know, continue to work on breastfeeding and keeping baby at the breast with a tongue tie. It depends on mom and baby's comfort, milk transfer, if it's adequate still with the degree of the tongue tie, exploring other options outside of the ENT. Pediatric dentists can also evaluate, diagnose, and treat tongue ties. Working with a speech language pathologist is also a good idea just to learn about ways you can improve your baby's mobility of their tongue and their jaw and help with proper oral function. And then also a chiropractor can help with adjustments 
Usually when a baby has a tongue tie or a lip tie or any kind of oral anatomy um, anomaly, then they're tight, usually just like all the way through their body. And so being adjusted by a chiropractor that specializes in pediatric um, care can make a big difference as well. And continuing to work with an IVCLC. So basically working with specialists that are trained and able to assist families with reaching their goals. Some IBCLCs have um, special training in helping families with infants that have tongue ties, and they're able to really partner well with care providers who are able to diagnose and treat. Awesome. Good stuff. Okay. So I want to uh, definitely wrap it up as I've already used a bunch of your time already, um, but I want to um, ask two things. One, what would be your biggest encouragement? I'm going to go with this like second time mom. Maybe their first experience was like really not very great. You know, they needed to, you know, there was just a lot of problems with their breastfeeding experience and now they, they're getting ready to have number two. And they're like, ah, I'm a little bit nervous. Is it going to be the same way? What kind of encouragement would you like to pass on to them? Yeah. So any mom who's getting ready to have baby number two or three, and you're just trying to figure out how to get off to the best start. Maybe the first time wasn't super great, or maybe it was, and you just want to make sure that the second time around you go in with the same momentum is keep an open mind about the breastfeeding journey. Don't compare what you um, see on social media to what's happening in your own life. Because I think that happens a lot where you think, oh, every every other baby latch is great. Every other mom has a freezer full of milk. Every other mom, whatever. And so just remembering that your, your journey is your own. Know your resources, ask for help, and to understand what's normal and that there's a range of normal and your baby probably falls somewhere in between those ranges. I love that. Such like good, give yourself a lot of grace and just here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let us know. I know we've got a ton more questions here, but you were, um, you have, you do take phone calls. You do have different things you work with on family. So how can people, um, get their questions answered by you? Yeah. So if, um, if parents have just a couple of questions, I offer something called a quick support call where we can hop on video chat and we'll work through one or two questions in about 45 minutes and they leave with a plan and just have some firm evidence-based information to build off of. I also offer virtual um, consultations that are much longer. They're about 90 minutes in length and that allows parents to work through many more breastfeeding questions and problems, assessing feedings, things like that. And so they can book through my website, which is preparedbeginnings.com. They can find a link to um, my bookings page and all of the information that, um, you know, just goes more in depth about my services on my Instagram, which is preparedbeginningslactation. And I serve families in Kansas City, Missouri, um, and then virtually I serve parents across the country. And so there's always um, support available. And if someone is looking for, you know, just help or someone to come alongside of them, I encourage you to reach out. 
Love that. And Morgan did a fantastic breastfeeding basics class for us. That's inside of our newborn course. So it's like just the perfect pairing. Um, I really love that resource for parents as well. So this is awesome. Thank you, Morgan, so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I always enjoy chatting with you and just kind of catching up. And um, I'm just so happy that we were able to connect. I know this was great. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you to everybody who joined us. Great questions. And we will chat soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. This was actually a conversation we had over on IGTV. I should have told you that. This is on Instagram. Um, we did an Instagram live. It's saved as an IGTV. So if you want to see Morgan, you can abs- uh, you know, absolutely head on over there and check the whole video out. But um, I love just taking that audio and plugging it into wherever you're listening. Hey, I just want to just pause. Um, if newborn sleep and nursing and all things newborn seems so overwhelming, you are going to want to get your hands on our full newborn course. You know what I love about this? Our newborn course is $50. You are going to spend so much money on newborn things, on baby products, but this single newborn course that comes with a bonus of Morgan's entire breastfeeding basics course. This whole program for you is going to give you every step and every confidence in how to handle your newborn sleep. So this is ready and waiting for you. Head to littlezsleep.com slash newborn to get started on the newborn sleep course. Sweet dreams. See you next time.